San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle, down to Cabo, out to the desert. And if you uh, go on iymoney.com, you can get all these podcasts commercial-free. We stream live on 760kfmb.com, and we are on iTunes if you search the title of the show, What's Your Money and Your Life. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinary. He's a marathon runner. He's an accomplished. Uh, author and lecturer. He's a family office advisor advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I am doing great, Joe. I was actually <laughs> able to survive opening day two days ago. <laughs> so I'm still alive. What, what, what memories are seared into your... Uh, well, I, I had your... a table for four, so I went with my lovely wife, Mary, her cousin, also named Mary, from Santa Rosa, and their friend, Bridget, from uh-huh. Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. And it's a blast, you know, because everybody, well, I didn't have a big hat on, but everybody else had a really big hat on. And it's, you know, it's quite the, um, quite, quite the amazing roster of people that you see there. But the real, the coolest thing was, was I was down at the paddock for the eighth race and standing right next to me was Caitlyn Jenner. Ah. So that was one of the highlights of my life, getting to be right next to Caitlyn Jenner, uh-huh. formerly Bruce Jenner, for those of you who haven't read a newspaper or right. been in the express line and seen the front page of the Enquirer at did Bonds. You, did you happen to catch her uh, speech at the ESPY Awards? I, no, I didn't, but I heard that she won the award for the Arthur Cro- Ashe Award. Arthur Ashe Courage Award, I yeah. think it's called, which it is a great, great honor. It's a pretty moving speech, you know, for, uh, you know, I know it's confusing for a lot of people. I, I don't fully understand, uh, you know, how someone can be confused on their on their gender identity, but obviously there's a good number of people who are, and um, we just have have to be a little bit more accepting of, of everybody and she gave a i tell you a very moving speech and, and all those pro athletes in at that event uh you know were very supportive you know large rounds of applause uh, several times so yeah so that, that was neat and i um i actually have a nephew who is now my niece hmm. so we we've we've um, had that experience in our family so hmm. i'm not saying that i understand it either how old is she uh just a little bit older than my oldest who's yeah. 24 so i'd say i think 26 if i got that right so well, it's it's um it's very interesting, um, but I just yeah I heard that speech that that Caitlin gave at the ESPYS was really really incredible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think I think everybody deserves to be happy. Yeah, is, is how I would summarize and my feelings about that. Free from abuse things. and free from bullying and everything exactly. else. And, and I'm sure kids going through adolescence it's still a, it's still going to be a challenge, but uh, I think we're getting better about it hopefully. So, hey, you know I happen to catch <laughs> uh, Dave this film that came out in '93. I'm boy talk about being behind the curve, but uh, I don't. Yeah, you're, I, you're up to date on your films, I, Joe. I, what happened? Well I, well, I like to see some old oldies but goodies, too. Okay. I, I I was not aware. But Kevin Klein starred in this one, and, and um, Charles Grodin, who's 80 years old, by the way, he had a part in this thing. He actually, I think he got nominated for some. But it's a funny movie. It came out in 93. Uh, do, do you ever recall seeing it? I did not see Dave. Well, Dave is, uh, it's about a guy who's um, uh, a lookalike for the president, and the president has a stroke during the middle of a, an extramarital affair, and then they th- just put this guy in his place. It's, he's playing all the parts, but you can imagine. But anyway, it was written by a guy named Gary Ross, directed by Ivan Reitman, but Gary Ross was working for one of our former guests, Governor Michael Dukakis, mm. in, in his ADA campaign. So anyway, I okay. recommend that. Look that up on Netflix, folks. If uh, You may have to order the DVD. I don't even know if it's out there on uh, in any uh, you know instant viewing format, but 
But um, and and I, my only gripe right now is the price of gasoline. I've been doing a little research. Gas is at fifty dollars a barrel. Um, I just saw an article today. That we got a thirty-year glut of oil. I mean, it's the biggest glut of oil in thirty years. I really think we're getting Enron to death here in California. Don't you think, Richard? Well, sure, we're not fast. Yeah. Well, what would you pay recently for gas? Do you recall? Well, as high as four thirty-nine, and yeah, I was sort of stuck I, in the middle of, and I had it's no going choice. Down it, it, all across the country, forty-eight other states. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, Hawaii, I'm sure, is probably pretty expensive. I'm not counting Hawaii or Alaska. Well, Alaska probably really cheap because they, they get it up there. But it'd be interesting to to do a little state by state survey of of the numbers. But but anyway. Without uh, further delay, we do have a VIP guest uh, on the show tonight. Um, full disclosure, I've known this gentleman for many, many years. Uh, he, he goes to many civic events. Uh, I've seen him, seen him at city club events. I've seen him at Rotary Club events. I've seen him uh, at the uh, Group of 12 over at Sanford Burnham, now Prebis, Medical Discovery Institute, I believe they call it now. And, uh, of course, he's retired, so he has a lot of time. He, his cousin is no other, none other than the... Uh, one of the senators from California, Senator Dianne Feinstein. He is a retired orthodontist with many notable patients and, uh, and lives in Pacific Beach, and he's the great Dr. Bud Rubin. Bud, how are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so great to finally do this. We've been talking about this for months and months uh, now to, to get you on the show, so uh, I'm glad you're finally here. Uh, I, I, if you folks heard the promo, I mean, uh, Bud had a lot of you know famous clients as patients uh, uh, over the years. But let's just start with at the beginning. But I don't even know where you were born, and uh, you know anything about your early days. You, what 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 part of the country were you born in, and um, and what else can you tell us about that and your education and how you found your way to to California? Well, I. Found it the easy way. I was born here. <laughs> Actually, my mother was born here. My grandfather emigrated from Europe, and he had nine boys and two girls in wow. the Bay Area. And as you mentioned, Senator Feinstein's father and my mother were brother and sister. Oh, for gosh okay. sakes. So Northern California, what city? Uh San Francisco. Really? Yeah. God, you're second. He is second generation Californian. Yeah. My God. So his son's sitting here. Gary is third generation. This is this is a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> I think when the earthquake came, everything was destroyed, so they had to move over to Berkeley hmm. until their places could be rebuilt. Hmm. Berkeley is my hometown, just so you guys know. Wow. So born and raised in, in San Fran, where'd you go to school, bud? Um, we moved to Long Beach when I was about three, mm -hmm. and then uh, when I was six, we moved to Los Angeles. So okay. my high school was Los Angeles, then went to... W Los Angeles High School? Uh, no, no, it was called Hamilton High School in Los Angeles. Okay. And then... Um, College? Oh, college was UCLA for three years, uh -huh. and then I applied to dental school. Was accepted at University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Really? I'd never, I'd never been east of Arizona before. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a culture shock. Oh, huh? I went back there, and all my classmates were wearing neckties. I don't think I owned a necktie, but it was well, very winter coat for that man. No, right? the winter coat, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, gosh, after three years, you you knew you wanted to be a dentist. Huh? I did. Uh -huh. I used to make model airplanes planes in the garage and things like that. Most of my family were in medicine, physicians, and I didn't want to do that. Wow. Well, that's cool that, uh, that you knew early on that what you, what you wanted to do. So um, did, when did you decide to specialize in orthodontia? Um, I 
graduated dental school in 1955 and then enlisted in the Air Force. Uh, spent two years as a dentist in the Air Force, and I loved that. It was really exciting. And then I practiced general dentistry for a while, and there was no school of orthodontics in California, but I'd had braces on my teeth. It started when I was in Sunday school, and a girl looks at me and says, you got buck teeth. And I said, buck teeth? I didn't know what she meant. So I went home and asked my mother, and she got me to an orthodontist. So I said, this is great. This is what I want to do. Huh. Just by the fact that you had braces, you said, I think I'd like to specialize in this profession. Correct. Uh Huh. Well, good thing you had buck teeth then. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about if you it that way. Teeth, you might have been something. You might have found, found Joe, someone. Did you have braces? I did. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, junior I, high school. I did. So, um, as a matter of fact, I talked to my brother yesterday. Uh, all of my nieces and nephews, all, all my my other two brothers had braces. Um, one brother did not for some reason. I guess his teeth were good enough. But now, now my nieces and nephews—they all had braces. You know, will have or had braces. Uh, so I guess uh, a lot of people need them. I see a lot of adults getting them these days. Yes. So is it, I mean, I guess it's a good thing, but it's better to get it while your mouth is still younger rather than older, right? Or well, I started practicing up in the Beverly Hills area, and there were dentists up there that did a lot of reconstructing of the mouth. And if the teeth were aligned, they could do a better job. So they started sending me my ad- their adult patients, and I had to look for techniques of people doing things at the removable braces mm-hmm. because these people were in business and movie people. So it was a whole thing. Excellent. Well, let's take our little break right now, Bud. Uh, we'll come right back with uh, celebrity orthodontist, retired Dr. Bud Rubin, all-around good guy. We'll be right back with It's Your Money Life right after this. All right, we're back with Dr. Bud Rubin, celebrity orthodontist to uh, to many uh, notables up in uh, Hollywood and elsewhere. But so, Bud, you started your practice in in uh, in L.A. in Hollywood. Is that where it started? Yes, right in Beverly Hills. Uh huh. There you go. So, I know <laughs> I know you had Michael Jackson, Phyllis Diller, and a bunch of famous people. But uh, who was the very first one that, of note that came through your door? Uh, it was Janet Lee. <laughs> and... <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> or Prince Valiant's movie. You pulled, out that, you, you pulled out the instruments and she ran out the door, right? No. <laughs> uh, she, she was really a terrific person, a good skier. She, Her folks um, had a ski shop on a hill somewhere, uh-huh. and she was just a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Well, most of them, I guess, when they come in and see you, you know, you're, you're obviously helping them get a little more uh, attractive and, and helping them out. So I would think they'd be, you know, be nice. But yeah, so. now if you can't disclose, was Michael Jackson as a child or an adult or as an adult? He was a youngster. He was okay. about nine years okay. old. Uh huh. Okay. Now Diana Ross brought him to you, or uh, Diana was a patient of mine, and she said, "I discovered this little group in Gary, Indiana, and they're going <laughs> to group their teeth straightened." So they came in, and uh, Michael and uh, his brothers, and uh, you did the whole family. I did uh, three of them. Three of them. Wow. And uh, it was exciting because I remember when Michael did his moonwalking, the first one. I was there in Pasadena, Motown's uh, big party. And he looked at me and says, Doc, what do you think of me walking backwards? (laughs) 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 He was just as cute as could be. Well, I mean, gosh, he started, what, five years old? It's, you know, a lot of these these talented 
kids, you know, who make it big early on, uh, they have a rough time, I guess, some of them, I'd say a good number of them have a rough time just developing because their whole life has been in this little bubble, and uh, they haven't had a... A normal life, basically. So, uh, but 1958 was a huge year, Joe, because that was the year the three M's were born. That would be Michael, Madonna, and Musio. I'm, of course, Musio. I haven't, <laughs> okay. I haven't quite hit my stride yet, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. But 1958, huge, huge year for people with an M. Okay, we'll okay. note that. So noted. Put that in the blog, <laughs> <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I, one who I'd say, Ron Howard, I would say, uh, obviously, has done pretty well as an adolescent and, and adult. And every guy, but, you know, he stayed at the, in the industry and still working hard. And, Who's the Waltons? No, Mike, Ron Howard. Uh, oh, Ope, Ron, oh, I know who you mean. Who started out as Opie, Opie and now he's become right. a pretty accomplished right. director as well. Yeah. And, of course, he was Richie Cunningham, on, Richie Cunningham. on the other thing. Yeah, so. with the Fonz. But anyway, so, Bud, there's been some real great articles about you. I see this one in, that was in People magazine back in the day, and uh, you open it up. And, and there's, uh, who's this other Janet Lee? There's Phyllis Diller. Now, what can you tell us about her? Phyllis was one of my favorite people. She always looked so... When I was in the Air Force Station in the Bay Area, we'd go up to San Francisco and see her entertain in a club. She just started up there, and... Uh, Dick's mother started up there, so Purple I Eye or the Hungry uh, yes, is, those yeah, places. Yeah. Uh -huh. the former guest, Dickie Smother. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. Hung, the hung, yeah. We'll talk about him in a second. It was yeah. it was a Purple Eye and the Hungry. Is the onion something? The Hungry Onion was that oh, it? I think it was something. Yeah. The purple or the purple. Anyway, the Hungry Eye and the Purple Onion, whatever. I think you're right. But those yeah. are the, yeah, those are the big early ones up in up in the Bay Area. Uh -huh. So you went up there to see them perform then? Well, I was living over in Hayward, so it was just an easy ride over there. This would be 1955 to mm -hmm. 57. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh -huh. And those were fantastic shows. Jonathan uh -huh. Winters, all that. You yep. saw all of those guys, yeah. huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's that th that kind of talent out there these days. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of comics and funny people. Um, maybe there just isn't enough outlets or, or whatever. I know, you know, we have the obviously YouTube now and, and digital outlets, but uh, that variety of, of talent, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think we... I know we have these shows, America, these talent shows. Are you longing for the old days again, Jeff? Well, I just, you know, everyone thinks the stars of their era are somewhat more talented or better than today's yeah. talent but uh you know i guess it's all subjective i guess if, you, if you're born in 1993 you know you're not going to know what went on in the 50s and 60s and, and whatnot so but um so phyllis was a patient yes she was she came in and uh says i need my teeth straightened and we did that and uh I think, and Diana Ross, of course, one night it was my birthday and I wanted to leave and go out with some friends and my secretary said, can you stick around a little bit? And I said, well, yeah, and I'm looking at my wristwatch and then <laughs> the door opens and Diana Ross comes in with a cake, a birthday cake oh for my me gosh. and singing happy birthday and oh my manager gosh. says, wait till you get a bill for this performance. <laughs> No three Supremes behind her? No, that's just no her that was just her. But I, I found that uh, these people, it wasn't like I was an actor competing with them. They came to me to get their teeth straightened, and they were friends. They were that is great. Good friends. That yes. is great. Uh -huh. did you, who did you come become like? Did you go to be, have dinners and lunches with them? Did you become friendly with uh, or been to the homes of... of yes. Uh -huh. uh, Barry Gordy was a good friend. Oh, he I, was yeah. the Motown. Motown record. Huge tennis fan. Uh huh. Yes, yeah. and I 
I played tennis against him. I couldn't return a ball. He was that good. He's a good player. <laughs> wow. He was very athletic. Yeah. So, um, and any others that come to mind? Um, anyway, I remember, I remember Phyllis being down here in 2004. I met her. I mean, you were there, too, for the, uh, her biopic, the film that, that was released on her called uh, Good Night, We Love You, because she closed her nightclub act with right. that saying every, every night. And um, if you haven't seen it, I think I have a copy. Maybe on VHS. I may have to get it transferred. But uh, premiered here in San Diego in 2004, and she shows up. And uh, they honored her, and Cliff Robertson was there too. So it was one of you know one of her last appearances. And then I think I got her on the radio when I was doing radio in L.A. with Bree Walker once she, on the phone. She was just hysterical, just as funny and spontaneous as uh, as ever. So you know the interesting thing, she was extremely bright. She wrote cookbooks. <laughs> she did a lot of things too. You know what? She took a ten-year break in her career. Well, for one thing, she she raised a family of five and didn't get into comedy until she was thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, uh-huh. and uh, she, and she was a, a trained classical pianist as a youngster, but she felt she didn't have the chops to do that, so she went off to work in an office uh, in the advertising industry or whatever. Um, but she took a ten-year inter. Once she got big as a comic, she she interrupted her career to do uh, classical piano with uh, symphonies. She'd be do these guests like summer pops appearances and uh, did about 110 concerts over the course of ten years, which a lot of people don't even know that. So, uh, but that's a great film if you if you want to look it up and try to find it. It's called Good Night, We Love You. Great biopic on on, on uh, Phyllis Diller and uh, all of her sisters. Everyone loved her. Who worked with her? She's just a, a real a real gem. So, and a talented, classy lady. Painter, uh, painter also. She did art. And so, <laughs> I, I had been to her home. She lived right Brentwood. near my office, Brentwood, in Beverly right? Hills. Well, uh, yes, Brentwood, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the pictures on the wall were like you're talking about. They were paintings of hers and friends of hers. So did uh, she have that big one of Bob Hope in the living room? Because that was her big mentor. Yeah, that yeah. was the one uh-huh. she really cherished. That one because yeah. he gave her her big break, uh-huh. I believe. So, correct. But uh, yeah, some so some great stories. So. Um, so you also opened an office in San Diego. How did you... What happened, we had rented a furnished home when I got out of orthodontic school, and the Bel Air fire started. The people that owned my little house got burned out in the Bel Air fire. They wow. were... Was a big... Notice we had to get out what of year that was house. that? What... Uh, 1960, I believe it was. There was a big like brush fire that uh-huh. uh, rampaged through oh, the yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, Richard was uh, two. <laughs> one, two. <laughs> one, I don't remember it. Well, <laughs> we didn't know what we were going to do. And I've always fell in love with San Diego. When I was in the Air Force, I came down here for a visit. And I thought, gosh, I'd love to live near Mission Bay. So my wife, Joanne, and I said, let's drive down to Mission Bay and look around. We looked around and fella just built an apartment house. And I said, uh, John, do you take kids? He says, yeah, you can have kids here. I said, do you need a lease? He says, no, you can go month to month. Seven years later, <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. And if you remember PSA, the airline, oh, yeah. I could fly to L.A. for, I think it was $7. Wow. And, oh, my uh, gosh. And a number of the flight attendants, we they were called stewardesses in those days, yeah. but they wore the hot pants and boots. Ooh. And uh, it was a very friendly airline. It was. You know, we'll talk. we got to take another break right now, though, but I apologize. But we'll come right back with Dr. Bud Rubin right after this. Hang on. All right, 
We are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life with our guest, Dr. Bud Rubin. Now time for Richard to thank our sponsors. A big thank you to our sponsors, as always, UBS, Michael Coranta and Drew Freitas. That would be with the award-winning UBS. Couldn't do it without all the support that UBS gives us. Also, I guess that would be next Saturday's guest, Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics. Jason Kruger, CPA, the best CFO firm. Here on the West Coast, our other favorite CPAs, more traditional accounting firm, Polito Epic CPAs, at their lovely new office in San Marcos, California. Joel Grushkin, Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Speaking of making money, Berkeley Research Group, Mr. Carl Sheeler, by far and away the best business valuation firm on the planet, helping business owners reduce the risks inherent in their businesses and thus increase value to preserve all that money that you're saving with joel grushkin and carl sheeler how about brenda geiger with the geiger law offices specializing in estate planning and asset protection if you need a place to put all that money that you've made california republic bank a very neat niche market bank mr lane elliott vice president of california republic bank specializing in working with wealthy families and family offices hub international also known as mars maddox insurance the best employee benefits firm i have ever worked with Obviously a very hot topic since the Supreme Court's vote of about three weeks ago on that matter. Also the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs by helping CPAs do tremendous work for their very, very best A-plus clients. Paul Hines with Hearthstone Wealth Management and, of course, the EndFinancialAbuse.org. Um helping to get the word out about how to prevent elder abuse again and financialabuse.org and last but not least professional women's tennis coming back to san diego north county during thanksgiving week combining that with my oceanside turkey trot check out carlsbad classic cldclassic.com it's going to be a real busy week thanksgiving week being all the cool stuff we have going on with my foundation and the running and the tennis and so on. So cldclassic.com. And a big thanks to Courtney Lover at PopX Graphics for doing such a great job on the website where what can people find out, Mr. Joe Vecchio? Well, all they have to do is get over to iowamoney.com, get their cursor over to the Sponsor tab. There's a drop-down menu there. You can click on any one or all of them. All their personal information is there, contact information, their history. And they've all been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. Isn't that right? In some cases, almost 30 years. I hate to admit it. <laughs> If you look at my timesheets, 50 years. Just kidding. Right. So all of our anyway. sponsors, their professional colleagues, are not just uh, people who... They're the best. Uh, they are little, the best. They've got to run the gauntlet to get on this show, right, Richard? Yeah, and they write books. They're yes. leading books in their industries and professions and, and they have to do, be at do the really, top. really cool stuff. So. Anyway, I did a little research during the break here, and it was the purple onion, so the other one must have been the hungry eye. But it only sat it only sat 80 people. It opened up in 1952, I believe. And boy, not only did they have Phyllis Diller there, but people like Woody Allen, <laughs> Bob Newhart, Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, the Kingston Trio, and the Smothers Brothers, which is interesting because Dickie Smothers happened to be a patient too, right, bud? That's correct, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So after you get one, I guess the word gets around in the entertainment community, and they yeah. figured, hey, you want to get your teeth straightened, bud's the guy. So, and did you kind of, Were you one of the first innovators of the uh, plastic braces? Is that why they liked uh, you so much? We or? used those at the very beginning, and then there, we used a brace they could take out of their mouth when they were before a camera, and ah. they slipped back in. Oh, okay. Kind of like a, reta- a mega retainer kind of Similar, situation. Similar, but it was made out of wire, and the wire was made of gold, and it was very gentle appliance. Ooh, gold. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when it was $35 an ounce. <laughs> and they and they loved paying for it. But, um, it's worth a lot more now. But anyway. Yeah. So tell us about Dickie Smothers. He comes in your door one day and... Um, yeah, Dick... 
uh, was just a, a fellow that I had admired so much, and he came in. He was had so many talents. He would race cars. And was this he, when the show was already running on CBS? They, they started, and then they got fired, right. as I remember, about that time. And he was up in a ski resort up uh, near Tahoe, uh-huh. and he would call me. He says, come on up, let's go skiing. <laughs> we did, and he was just really a down-to-earth person. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know Tommy that well, but uh, Dick... Uh, cars and we taught cars because yeah. when i was younger we would my dad and i would tear a car apart and put it back together again huh. he was he was in the cars like that too huh uh-huh. um so you know he was on the show i forget when maybe almost about a year ago about a year, year but, and a half ago. um yeah. uh, you, you happened to catch that interview right and, and gary said you guys listen to it enjoy yes. that uh-huh. Yeah, he was lying. He's living in Florida now, I guess. And I tried to, you know, I had suggested to the pops to try to get them together because to, to, they stopped playing, you know, performing in 2010. Uh, but I, I was going to try to reunite them out here in San Diego. But uh, I guess that's, I don't know if they're still working on it or not. But I think it's a good idea just to, if, just to come and play five songs or something. But, you know, they're getting on. I think they're about 79 or, or 80 now. And and, uh, and, was, and I guess Tommy lives up in Northern California. Running, He's got a winery. winery. Yeah, running. Yeah. The vineyard or whatever so yeah. but anyway so so that's great now jill st john what can you tell us about jill st john well <laughs> <laughs> jill is a very beautiful woman and uh she was a skier too was it difficult to stay focused on their mouth when you get some of these uh, beautiful uh, you, patients coming you know, in? <laughs> uh, what was interesting i had pictures of the movie stars on the wall yes and i remember uh phyllis Diller when i sat down with her and talked to her about things i could do and she says that sounds real interesting i'd like to do it and then she goes over and points to a picture of jill st john she says when i'm done i want to look exactly like her well phyllis you know she did have a lot of work done and she was proud of i mean she became the poster child for the whole uh, cosmetic um, surgery industry i guess you want to call it or whatever but, uh, but they I mean, uh, they definitely did a lot of work on her, but she she didn't hide anything, which you have to kind of admire her for that. And she, well, they did ha- a nice job on her, actually. What, what happened there, she called my secretary, and she said, now, don't let Bud get scared when he sees me. And I said, so Trudy said, well, what are you talking about? She says, well, you'll see. She walked in, her face was full of bandages. She had had everything done those and, eyes uh, everything didn't uh hide it or anything like that mm-hmm. and uh she was wrote cookbooks she was an incredible did person did she did she let loose any of those classic laughs of her that oh yeah that cackle of yeah. hers one day she she and dickie smothers were in the office together oh, no. and, oh my god <laughs> they had so much fun they started and, competing uh, huh yeah <laughs> and then the time that diana ross brought in the birthday cake for me and yeah. saying happy birthday and what great memories manager says well you get the bill for this performance <laughs> so now you move to san diego and you open an office here right up on uh, i think moraga and balboa yes, near there i did that's correct and uh-huh. what year was that uh that would be the middle 60s uh-huh. hmm. okay 
And uh, so did any of the celebs come down to that office too? Uh, a few did, but mostly up there. And then I'd fly up on PSA, which was our little small airline, and a bunch of the flight attendants were patients also. And they wore the hot pants and boots. Oh my! And the and the plane had the smile on it, of course, That's right? right? Uh-huh. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, who can forget that? But um, I went to the 30th anniversary party for PSA. It was at the uh, I guess the Holiday Inn Barker. I'm not sure what what name it was. It might have been a Royal, royal Inn at the time. I don't know. But uh, um, we snuck our way. My friend Gloria was a flight attendant. And uh, she said, I'm not sure if I can get you in. So we dressed up with jackets and ties, a couple of friends of mine. <laughs> we went through the outside through the kitchen. I said, well, follow me and walk through here like you own the place. And we walked right into the party, big ice sculpture, shrimp. It was great. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Rubin, question. You, you were practicing when athletes, sports stars became celebrities. Did, did you end up working with, with um, some athletes, too? during your career or was it or was it just the hollywood set i think there's maybe a few because we're looking in the articles uh, here I'm just, right because now. you know back back in the 50s for example Jim or Hill. 60s you didn't see athletes on tv but certainly by the 60s and 70s i, knew, they were all know, over the I had a, a patient uh that was playing football for the chargers his mm-hmm. name was jim hill and sure. jim came Became in an announcer that's right yeah. he said Sportscaster. you know what i want to do is i want to go into Show business. Okay. I'm looking at this guy, and he was just sports huge, casting, very, right? very strong person, yeah. and um, he was delightful. It was one of my son's birthdays, and he showed up with a football and let really? the kids play football with him. At, he became, I think, pretty uh, L.A. or network, didn't yeah. he? he, he was, up, yeah, he was big. He went up to Los Angeles and uh, big network star, mm-hmm. and I ran into him up there once, and he said, you know, I think my teeth are what did it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you have some stories about the great Cher, which uh, we'll have to take a little break right now, but when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Bud Rubin and Cher and some other great stuff right after this. Hang on. in the home stretch with Dr. Bud Rubin, orthodontist to the stars and uh, other notable sure. people. Yeah, of course. Well, Cher, because Cher was a patient also. But uh, tell us a story, but I guess uh, Chastity called you and, uh, and uh, about well, Monaco or something? You know, or? What happened, my uh, three sons were going to be year-railing through Europe, and I said to him, can I join you guys for part of it? This is okay, Dad, but we're going to stay at youth hostels and everything. I did that. And Chastity was a patient of mine. She was sitting in the chair. She says, if you go to Europe, you should look up mother, mom. And I said, why? She says, she's going to be doing a show at Monaco. And I met the boys. We're, I think it was in France. And I said, it's your trip. But if you guys want, we could go down to Monaco and see Cher. Oh my they gosh. said, Sonny and Cher? I said, well, it's not Sonny and Cher anymore. <laughs> so we go down there, and there was a big line of people waiting to get in. People wearing caftans with $100 bills. And I said to the maitre d' there, I said, I'm Dr. Rubin, and these are my sons. Yes, sir. Took us right in. Oh, my gosh. And we had so much fun. Well, it was about 89, 90, somewhere in there, or 82. Okay. Actually, we have Dr. Bud Rubin's oldest son here, Gary. And, Gary, why don't you come Gary, up here? Gary, get off the couch. Tell us, uh, <laughs> tell us what you remember about that trip and anything else you that, want to That say. trip was really awesome because my brother and I were, my brother and I were just going to go. My brother Ken and I were just going to go and bum around youth hostels. My dad wanted to come with us. And we said, Dad, we don't want to do this trip your way. We know that you like you know, really nice travel. 
travel. And he said, guys, I'll do it your way. And he really did it. We went around from youth hostels, and he stayed there. Oh, my God. Except one night when the youth hostel was full. And so <laughs> he went, and we stayed there, but he went to a really nice hotel right by it. And then in the morning after we you know, eat the typical grub, we go to his hotel, and he's lying there in bed with this gorgeous spread on the bed. And my brother and I look, and we're just kind of like sitting there with our backpacks drooling and say, oh, come on, guys. And we, <laughs> we jumped in, and <laughs> it was one of the best meals I ever had. <laughs> so you're the oldest of three, right, Gary? I'm the oldest of three. I've got a brother, Ken, who does, who uh, is a CPA here in San Diego doing orthodontics, yeah. doing dentists mostly, yeah. and a brother, Craig, who does commercial real estate broking. All in San Diego. And we're all in San Diego. Are you yeah. went to Mission Bay High. How about the other? The, we all went to Mission Bay High School. Yeah, it was yeah. really fantastic. You know Ray Vinoli over there? He ran the music department. I don't know if you, were, if you had I don't if think you, you, if you played an instrument, you would It wasn't at that time. Is no. it true Frank Zappa went there? We always That is... That is what I've heard oh. when I was there. He was the famous alumni. Did you know my wife, Mary, class of 77. Really? Oh, I can't say I'm <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Gary. That, that was great. That was great. So, so Cher, uh, it was just her sole performance, the one you saw in, uh, in 81, 82, whatever that, oh, in Monaco. Yeah, we, we had, uh, I had taken uh, three sport jackets and rolled them up, put them in my backpack, so we went to Monaco. The boys had sport jackets to wear, and the maitre d' says, yes, we're waiting for you. <laughs> Took us right down front. Then we went backstage afterwards, and Cher wanted to go on a yacht, Khashoggi's yacht, and he was an arms dealer. So her manager said, no, Cher, can't do that because if somebody takes Bad your picture press, yeah. on that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to do it, but... <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> but Cher was a lot of fun. She was uh, a still very down-to-earth yeah, person. Still is in Malibu, I think, doesn't she? Could be. She lived in West Hollywood, I believe. Or You know, a few years ago, she was, uh, she out of her own pocket, she funded when we had the wars going on. I guess they needed some additional padding for our troops. And uh, she, uh, she spent the money herself to, to get these guys the equipment they needed because there was some kind of snafu in the ordering situation. But uh, So she's very, you know, pro pro service member i know that so so dr rubin in our last couple minutes you you've had a very interesting hobby during your adult lifetime one of my hobbies long distance running yes. what can you tell us about uh well your long um, distance running well hobby well, habit let's talk addiction. about the first one in honolulu the very first yeah. one because there was a, a, a special cause involved in that right the right. one in honolulu yeah what happened was that you know when uh, I guess you had a, a patient or, or one of your one of your staff's husbands had a medical situation, or maybe you could re enlighten us on that. Okay. Um, what happened was um, one of my nurses and her husband on uh, New Year's Eve went down to Mexico. Somebody ran him off the road, and uh, she was killed, and he became a quadriplegic. And he was the same age as my youngest son. Wow. And we were, our whole staff was extremely depressed. One of my patients was a minister, and he came in every morning to talk to us. And um, then there was a coach that I knew, and he would coach people on life things. And he said, he was a patient, and he said, you know, you need something bigger than you. You need your whole staff to get involved with that. So we decided to run a marathon in Honolulu. This is my staff. I had run one marathon up till then, and the staff weren't runners. We went over to Honolulu, and we raised money. We raised $4,000, so much a mile, and we bought 
the fellow that was a quadriplegic a computer he could use with a headset. Wow. Wow. How many, still, how many marathons have you wound up doing in your uh, lifetime? I've done 15 marathons. Nice. And <laughs> actually, I was one of the founders of the Rock and Roll Marathon sure. in San Diego. My wife just ran that in May. Yeah. That was her first one ever. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit. I guess you were one of the early investors uh, in that in yes. that uh, event. And uh, boy, that's really taken off. Well, there's rock and roll marathons all over the place now, there right? Are. What happened? It's a whole series. Yeah. We had started the marathon, and um, a fella uh, said... I have this dream. We'll have a marathon in San Diego with a rock and roll band every mile. And I thought, this is insane. So he said, I want you to be one of the runners. And then he hit me with this idea of, let's go all over the world and do these things. So I had my middle son come to listen to the presentation. And uh, I said, well, run the numbers, Ken. He says, why bother, Dad? You're going to do it anyway. You know you are. So I've run marathons all over the world. See, nobody ever listens to the accountants. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> now he says that was a good deal. Exactly. exactly. Well, I think one of the, uh, I guess, early investors also was Kathy. Well, Kathy Kane knows uh, them. Uh, Kathleen uh, Kennedy and Frank Marshall, yeah. husband-wife team, were still running yes. to this day. And, of course, she's a huge Hollywood figure. They're both pretty big in Hollywood. She, I met them at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was at San Diego State and then goes off to work for a guy named Steven Spiel. As an assistant, and then becomes Stephen sort of hit it big. Yeah, <laughs> talk about good timing. But she became, she's become a you know big producer in her own right. And she was just down here for the Comic Con thing, which uh, we didn't talk about much. But well, that was a zoo last yeah. weekend. I was downtown. Have you gone to any of those, Bud? The Comic Con things? There's not your yes. thing. Uh-huh. Once we, in a, not for of course, a while. Gary, Gary, your son, knows one of the uh-huh. co-founders. So uh, we'll talk more about that maybe next time. But um, that's that's growing up to be quite a uh, quite an event. God, between Comic Con and an opening in, in Del Mar. Opening I couldn't Jeez. believe it. I had a I had a lunch meeting downtown last Friday. I couldn't believe the outfits walking around on the loose <laughs> down there. I'm like, is this real? Well, you of course, know, it's the same thing on opening day. Is this real? <laughs> I, I uh, followed up with Rod Roddenberry, who's been a guest on this show too, and and he got me one of these. Uh, he loaned me a pass for a little bit, and I got in there or in and out early Thursday. He goes, Joe, go look at it now because before the people come in, because otherwise you won't be able to move in here. And and I did. I just went through, walked through the whole thing, and um, boy, I just can't believe the amount of enthusiasm and, and people from all over the country coming for that thing. It's, yeah, it's my, my mom threw all my comic books from the '60s away. You know how much money that would be worth now, Mom? Yeah. Oh well. My but mother anyway. did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the original Batman, the original, Superman, action. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much, Bud, for being our guest uh, tonight. We really appreciate having you on the show. And uh, you're a beloved gentleman in this town, as you well know. And uh, really great to see you. So Thank you. And then thanks pleasure. to Gary, also your son, for, for being our guest uh, tonight. And Richard, always great seeing you. Justin Hart, our soundboard engineer, thanks for making us sound well. And thanks to Craig Blank, your account executive, and to Dave Sniff our programming genius here at KFMB for all the help and support. Next week, Jason Kruger from Signature Analytics, and you folks have a great week, and iwaymoney.com for all these podcasts. See you next time. Bye-bye now.